Welcome to Jury Duty. I'm your host, Chris Terracone. Season 8 of Jury Duty explores the trial of Alex Murdoch, a member of one of the most powerful families in South Carolina, who's accused of murdering his son Paul and his wife Maggie, with the purpose of covering up a multitude of alleged crimes including fraud and homicide. In our last episode, we began our look at the direct examination of FBI Special Agent Matthew Wilde a cell phone data analyst, as he described the information maps from his digital forensics report. In this installment, we continue our look at Agent Wilde's testimony. That's all coming up, right after the break. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. It is the afternoon of February 10th, 2023, day 13 of the trial of Alex Murdoch. As we concluded our last episode, FBI Special Agent Matthew Wilde, using data maps as visual aids, described for the jury the approximate locations of Paul Murdoch's phone until 8 p.m. on June 7th, 2021, approximately one hour before his murder. Agent Wilde testified that at that time, Paul's phone was near the kennels at the Murdoch family's Moselle Road property. As we begin this installment, Prosecutor John Conrad continues his direct examination by asking Agent Wilde about his analysis of the movement of Paul's phone after 8 p.m. So we're still looking at a overhead mat, uh, aerial view of Moselle, correct? Yes. This is uh, 8.04 to 8.05 p.m. Okay. And so now we're seeing some, some hits across this Moselle Road, correct? That's correct. Uh, and uh, again, we see the, the location error value, and it's somewhere within these circles. It is. At those times. Yes, sir. Now, we're at 8.06.20 p.m., correct? Yes, sir. And at 8.06.20, where do we see the, the, the phone? So at 8.06.20, it's uh, here on uh, near Moselle Road, uh, just north of the driveway. Okay. And uh, from there, it moves towards the dog kennel or the hangar. It moves towards the dog uh, kennel or the hangar, then kind of up the driveway, and then finally winding up back at the house uh, at about uh, 8.14. So we see a series of, of location hits, correct? Yes, sir. And of course, looking at the timing, it would appear that the phone moves back to, uh, through the kennels, correct? Yes. And then moves up this road towards the house at the main residence, correct? Yes. And we see uh, some circles associated with this data, but several of these circles start to get pretty small, correct? Yes, they are pretty small. Uh, and what, what are those size of the circles? Uh, 20 meters are the final ones that are uh, in and around the house. And, and just so I clarify, we see the blue pin, right? Yes. And that represents the actual lat long that was recorded by the phone. Yes, it does. Uh, and the, the air, the 20 meters means it's almost certainly within that circle. Yes. Within that particular pin, correct? Yes, sir. And when you see a series of kind of rapid pings like this uh, within a short period of time, 
generally, what, what does that tell you is going on with that cell phone at that time? Well, the phone's using some kind of application, some kind of map, or something that's using its location data. All right. Uh, and then, regardless, by 8.08.45 p.m., where is Paul's phone? It's, uh, it, it's back at the house. Okay, and that's got a low uh, error of how long? How big? I'm sorry. An accuracy of 20 meters. An accuracy of 20 meters. Okay. And that makes a pretty small circle around the size of that house. It does. Correct? And there's another hit at 8.14 p.m. at the same place? Yes. Pierce? Yep. Okay. Okay. Uh, now we've moved on. We're still looking at this uh, overhead uh, map of uh, Moselle. And we have some more hits starting at 8.14 going through to 8.35.07 p.m., correct? That's correct. And all these seem to be centered around the, the residence. They are, yes. Now, there's some varying degrees of accuracy, correct? Yeah, there's uh, one that goes up to 165, 165 meters, but most of them are uh, twenty between 20 and 79. 8.35.07 p.m., uh, that phone, Paul's phone, is within 20 meters of the Moselle residence, correct? That's correct. All right, and we're going to skip one more slide, just to keep with the uh, digital map. Yep. Uh, and just, just so it's clear to the jury, um, this slide contains the exact same information, correct? Yes, it does. And then I just uh, switched the map over from the regular street map to, digital, to the uh, Google Earth map. Okay. All right, so now we see another series of phone uh, location uh, for Paul's phone. And this is, again, the night of June 7, 2021, correct? Yes. All right, 83807, uh, where do we see that phone uh, uh, start pinging? Again, there's a 56 meter, um, there's a 56 meter hit at um, right around the doghouse. Okay, so by 83807 p.m., that phone's within uh, 56 meters of the doghouse, correct? That's correct. And then we see some more hits. There's a little bit larger of an error that, uh, starting at 8.44. Yes. But then we see a hit at 8.44.55 p.m., and it says media location. What, yeah. what does that mean, sir? So um, in the cell right report itself for that that um, for that for record, it came from a movie file. Um, that's where that location was generated from. Okay. And have you reviewed or seen that video that the, that location data came from? Yes, I have. Generally speaking, what is that video? That's the video inside the kennel when uh, Paul's uh, playing with the dog. Agent Wild is referring to the video recorded by Paul Murdoch moments before his death, in which we see his dog Cash and hear the voices of a man and a woman in the background of the recording. This video has of course been played by the prosecution for several of the previous witnesses. And each of those witnesses identified the woman's voice as Maggie Murdoch's and the other man's voice as Alex Murdoch's. Alright, and that video was recorded at the timestamp recorded on the video is 844.55, correct? Yes. And that matches exactly with the dog, correct? It does. And I don't see a number next to that, um, that data point. Why don't I see an accuracy number? Um, not 100% sure why there's no accuracy number, but we know the video was taken inside the dog kennel because you can see the video. Um, and then the next one right after that, I mean, basically there's records just before at 844 and 53 seconds and 844 and 56 seconds, and both of those put it in the, in the area of the dog kennel. And we're still looking at this overhead map of Moselle, correct? Yes, sir. And you have, looks like it hit location data, 1018 yes. p.m. And at 10.18.03 p.m., correct? Yes. And both those are centered on, on where? They're, again, um, just right there in the vicinity of the dog kennel. 
In his next question to Agent Wild, Prosecutor Conrad refers to South Carolina Law Enforcement Division Lieutenant Britt Dove, another digital forensics expert whose testimony we covered in episodes 32 through 41 of this season's podcast. Okay. Now, uh, did you plot every single location data point that you received from Lieutenant Dove? No, I did not. Um, so between 844 and 1018, there was a series of location data points, but most of them were between like four and six or 7,000 meters. Um, so they wouldn't, in my, in my opinion, they weren't super helpful to figuring out exactly where that phone was at that time. When you see an accuracy of that big or uncertainty of that big, in your opinion, is that location something uh, that can be, is that reliable information? I mean, not 100% reliable because it is such a huge, uh, it's such a huge, uh, area that could be in. And, you know, going back to the last couple of slides, between then and now, uh, between 8.44 p.m. on this 10.18 p.m., did you see any information off of Paul's phone that suggests it went anywhere but stayed in those pills? No. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems, too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Prosecutor John Conrad continues his direct examination of Special Agent Wild by asking about data extracted related to Maggie's phone in the hours before the murders. All right, now we're going to move on uh, to Maggie's uh, correct? Yes, sir. All right. So we're going to rewind back earlier today, uh, and uh, let's look at this map first of all. Uh, what is this map? Generally, uh, this is like uh, the West Ashley area, so just south of Charleston. Okay. And we see some some tower hits in this uh, starting at yeah, about 4:25 p.m. and then ending at about 7:05 p.m. The phones generally in this uh, West Ashley area. So Maggie's phone remains in that general area until about 7:05 p.m. Yes, sir. Okay. This is a bigger map, so let's get oriented. What is this this area right here? Yeah, so that's uh, North Charleston that you're circling there. In Charleston. In Charleston, here. just to the south of that. Okay. Yep. And then uh, out here, what is that red uh, marker again? The red marker is Moselle, the green marker is Almeida. All right. And then we see a series of hits with Maggie's phone. Uh, you've labeled them, what, one, two, three, four, and five? Yes, sir. And uh, these start at what time? They start at 7.07 and end at 7.50. Okay. And so... Generally speaking, what does this indicate Maggie's phone is going to you? It's traveling from the Charleston area uh, west towards um, Moselle or Almeida. And here uh, we have a hit at 7.50 p.m., 7.50.20 p.m., correct? Yes, sir. And where is this? Uh, that's uh, right in Walterboro, actually, right here. Okay. Right uh, here in Walterboro. Yes, right? sir. Uh, and you know, did you take a look at what appeared to be Maggie's general route? from Charleston out towards Moselle during yeah. that time? Yes. Uh, and what road would she most likely have been on to travel that way? Uh, route 17. And so that route would have taken her right through the center of Walton World? It would have, yes. I think, I think right out here, correct? Yes, sir. Uh, and so she's somewhere in this sector 
at 7.50 p.m., uh, probably right in the middle of Walter, correct? Yes. All right. And just in your uh, analysis, did you just uh, looking for just looking for a rough number here? Did you calculate a rough work drive time from here at the center of Walterboro out to Mozilla? Yeah, it was uh, under 30 minutes. Okay. Roughly 30 minutes. Roughly 30 minutes. Okay. And this ping is at 7:50:20. Yes. All right. Did you get any more tower information off of Maggie's phone for the rest of the evening? That no. That 7:50 p.m. was the last tower hit. Uh, I received it that was on the records for Maggie's phone. Okay, and uh, there were some some phone calls uh, to Maggie after 7:50 p.m. Correct? Yes. Uh, but were any of those answered? No. Okay. And so you don't have any good tower information for her phone after 7:50 uh, p.m. Right? That's correct. Prosecutor Conrad now moves on to asking the witness about data collected related to Alex Murdoch's phone location on the evening and night of the murders. All right. Now we moved on. We're looking at uh, whose phone? We're looking at Alex's phone. Okay. And what time frame are we talking about uh, here? This is 4:10 uh, p.m. to 6:25 p.m. Okay. And we see some hits off these two towers between 4:10 and 6:25 p.m. Correct? Yes. All right. And uh, are you familiar with the uh, location of the wall farm, formerly known as uh, PMPED? Yes. All right. And is that in the vicinity? Uh, Hampton? It is. And would that be uh, within these uh, areas that out yeah. phone? Yeah, that would be consistent with the activity on the phone records. Okay. And that's up until when? Uh, 6.25 p.m. Uh, and here we are, uh, the next slide. And again, orientation, green is what? Uh, Almeda. Red is what? Moselle. Okay. And what information do we see here? Uh, here we have a number of calls between 6.40 and 9.10 p.m. And they're all using tower 159263. And that's, that's the one shown, uh, which faces north and is consistent with being in the area of uh, the Moselle property. So starting at 6.40 p.m., you see him north in this sector, which is the sector where Moselle is. Yes, sir. So here we are. Uh, let me go back. And these rest of these phone calls ping in the same sector up until 9, 9.10, 47. Yes. All right, and now what time frame are we talking about with this slide? Now we're looking at 9.12 to 9.18. And in the 9.12 uh, phone record, where does Alex's uh, cell phone ping? Which sector? Uh, uses sector three on tower 159263, okay. which is the one closest to Moselle. All right, so somewhere south or close to the border of this tower, correct? Yes. And then at 9.18 p.m., we see uh, a ping off of this tower, correct? Yes, off of uh, 159217, which is closer to Vaughnville. So let's go on to the next slide. Um, and we see now we have some information starting at what, 92034, correct? Yes, sir. So at 920, uh, from 920 to 946, uh, there's a handful of calls, uh, all using tower 159217, but using sector two that kind of faces towards the Almeida address. Okay. Um, and then there's also one RTT hit at two um, at 9:34, at about 2.09 miles, uh, which is consistent with being in the area of the Almeida uh, residence. And that starts at, at he's that phone's within the sector starting at what time? 9:20. Okay. And it last uh, phone call on that sector is at what time? 9:46. And Almeida is in that sector, correct? It is. Uh, but if the car were driving up this road towards Warrenville, I believe that's highway um, 378, or 278, yes, excuse sir. me. 
that's still on that same sector. Right? It is. So yes. if someone's in a vehicle on that uh, 278 right there in that sector, you would get the same information. Yes. So uh, so at 946, if a car has already left Alameda and we're on 278, it would still ping in that same. It should, yeah. All right, we'll go back. This is the next slide, and this again, uh, Alex Murdoch's phone, correct? Yes, it is. All right, and um, we see some hits starting at 9.52.59 p.m., correct? Yes, sir. So 9.52.59, the phone's using the sector with the 240 in it. So it's not using the one that faces towards Almeida yet. I'm sorry, towards um, Moselle yet. Yep, and the red, and what's the red? It's Moselle. And the green? is Almeida. Okay, so just in the previous slide, we saw the phone down here in the, the area of, of uh, Almeida, correct? Yeah, it was using that tower near Almeida, but facing Almeida. And by 9.52.59 p.m., uh, the Alex's phone is, is paying off of uh, this tower right by Varnville, correct? I'm sorry, can you repeat this, the question? Uh, where, which no, tower? Nine, at 9.52 and 9.53, the phone is using the tower closer to Moselle, okay. but on the sector facing towards uh, Varnville. Okay. All right. And then we have a 10.06 hit, 31, yep. correct? Yes, sir. And do you recall... Uh, what particular phone call was placed from Alex's phone at 10.06 and 31? That was the 911 call. Here, Agent Wilde refers to the 911 call in which Alex Murdoch reported that he had discovered Paul and Maggie's bodies. Right. And it hits off of which tower? It hits off of the tower closer to Bourneville. Okay. But then at 10.17, there's another hit with Alex's phone. And which sector is it pinging off That's 10.17? That's using... Uh, Sec the zero azimuth, so sector one that faces towards Moselle. So that initial 911 call hit off this tower down way down here by Varnville. Right? It did. Right. And that was one of the reasons you were called in to help figure out why that happened, correct? I was. So it's in your opinion, it's consistent the phone could have been up here at Moselle at the time of that uh, 1006 911 call. It could have been, yes. And in your opinion, that phone could have been right in that area for both these phone calls at 1006. In 1017 p.m. Yes. And that's Alex's phone, correct? Yes. And it does appear there's more coverage from the green sector off of this closer tower, though, correct? There is. Okay. And this is just the remainder of the night for Alex's phone, correct? It is. Again, uh, 1019 to 1118 p.m. Um, and the phone mostly uses that tower closest to Moselle. There is another hit at 1021 on the tower near Vaughnville. Prosecutor Conrad concludes his direct examination by asking Agent Wilde about his analysis of location data related to Alex Murdoch's cell phone in the days after the murders of his wife and son. Wilde states that for most of the period between June 8th and June 14th, data related to Alex Murdoch's phone indicates a location on and around the family property in Alameda. During the days of June 14th and 15th, the phone location appears to move to Hampton and Somerville before returning to Almeida. With those questions answered, John Conrad wraps up his direct examination of Special Agent Wild. Judge Clifton Newman calls for a break, and we bring to a close this episode of Jury Duty, the trial of Alex Murdoch. Please join us on our next installment as we conclude our review of the testimony of FBI Special Agent Matthew Wilde, and as we begin our look at the direct examination of Nathan Tootin, a law enforcement officer for the Walterboro, South Carolina Police Department. Also check out the Crime Story Podcast Night Raid, wherever you get your podcasts. And if you would like to listen to these episodes early and ad-free, head over to our Jury Duty Crime Story Patreon page. Planning for your next trip? 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. You can find more information about this trial on our Jury Duty Crime Story Patreon page or at crimestory.com. Jury Duty is created and produced by Carrie and Tholis. It was co-produced, written, and edited by yours truly, Chris Terracone. Music for this episode was provided by Strike Audio. Trial audio is courtesy of Law and Crime Networks. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you will come back for the next episode of Jury Duty.